Welcome to Friendship with God with our Bible teacher, Tom Cantor. Today's message and previous messages can be listened to or downloaded for free at friendshipwithgod.org. Friendshipwithgod.org. You can also obtain free resources from Tom Cantor and view our online bookstore at friendshipwithgod.org or call us at 800-247-3051, 800-247-3051. Tom Cantor also has a daily devotional verse that comes out each day by email and on Facebook. To receive this small daily devotional verse that Tom Cantor puts out, you can sign up at friendshipwithgod.org, friendshipwithgod.org, or find Tom Cantor on Facebook by searching for Tom Cantor and Friendship with God. Now, here is our Bible teacher, Tom Cantor. So I came to this horrible realization that the Europeans I knew had built their entire life, their families, their friendships, their business, their conversations, their meditations, all around the absence of God, the void of God. He's not there. And so I came to this, and then all these Europeans that I knew, they had families without God. They had friendships without God. They had all these things, 100% without God. And I wondered, how can they sleep? How can they sleep, how can they laugh, how can they live in a state of 100% without God? How could they be incomplete without God in their lives? How is a person incomplete without God in his life? Well, first of all, man is incomplete unless he knows God personally as his creator. Are we in the Creation Museum? Yes. So you gotta know that, right? Because as the creator, God originated man. For a man to deny that God is his creator is for a man to deny his origin, his origin. If a man does not know God personally as his creator, then he is incomplete in his knowledge of his origin. You know, just think today, the popularity, Ancestry.com, okay, Genealogy.com. There's such an intense interest in people to know their origins. You know, today it's all about, hey, I found out my origins. I'm from Ireland, I'm from Russia, I'm from American Indians. That's why I go on the warpath. You know, our people, (laughs) they take an intense interest in these people as, why? Because to understand the people they came from helps them to understand themselves. And then there's this tremendous sense of, oh, I feel complete, of completion when a person understands the group that he came from. He says, oh, that's why I look this way. That's why I act this way. That's why I think this way. Because the people I come from, they look that way. They they act that way. They think this way. A person thinks that he cannot change the people he originated from, and therefore he cannot change his appearance or his tendencies to think and so forth like that. Well, God originated man, and man is made in the image of God. That's why man feels When he learns more about God, he feels a certain way as his creator because man feels complete when he comes to know the person that he is made in the image of. And for a man to deny that God is his creator is for man to deny his own image, which is the image of God. God, Man cannot change that fact of who he is made in the image of. He can't change the fact of Genesis 1.27, Genesis 1.27. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God created he him. Male and female created he them. So now, that's the first reason. Now, next reason, man is not complete unless he knows God as his sustainer. So first we were talking about God as his creator. Now we're talking about God as his sustainer. I'm going to read for you Psalm 104. I'm gonna start at verse 10 from Psalm 104. 
And as I read this, you got a pencil, write down who is dependent on God from what I read. Who is dependent on God? And by who, I don't just mean man. Okay, and I want you to listen for how God is actively involved right now and who benefits from God being actively involved. I want you to list all the life, the life that's here, that's dependent on God's current and constant actions. Just write them down. You know, what life is dependent is listed here from these verses. For example, what animals are dependent on God from these verses? Okay, ready? Okay, Psalm 104, verse 10. He sendeth the springs into the valleys, which run among the hills. They give drink to every beast of the field. The wild asses quench their thirst. By them shall the fowls of the heaven have their habitation, which sing among the branches. He watereth, this is all present tense, he watereth the hills from his chambers. The earth is satisfied with the fruit of his works. He causeth the grass to grow for the cattle, an herb for the service of man, that he may bring forth food out of the earth, and wine that maketh glad the heart of man, and oil to make his face shine, and bread which strengtheneth man's heart. The trees of the Lord are full of sap, the cedars of Lebanon which he hath planted, where the birds make their nest as the stork, the fir trees are her house. The high hills are a refuge for the wild goats and the rocks for the conies. He appointed the moon for seasons and the sun knoweth his going down. Thou makest darkness and it is night, wherein all the beasts of the forest do creep forth. The young lions roar after their prey and seek their meat from God. The sun ariseth, they gather themselves together and lay them down in their dens. Man goeth forth unto his work and to his labor until the evening. O Lord, how manifold are thy works. In, thy, in wisdom hast thou made them all. The earth is full of thy riches. So is this great and wide sea, wherein are things creeping innumerable, both small and great beasts. There go the ships. There's that Leviathan, which thou hast made to play therein. These all wait upon thee that thou mayest give them their meat in due season. Thou givest them, they gather. Thou openest thy hand, they are filled. Now I'm gonna jump down to verse 33. I will sing unto the Lord as long as I live. I will sing to my God while I have any being. My meditation of him shall be sweet. I will be glad in the Lord. You think you wrote them all down? I'm reading all these things in here. Can you hear these animals in these walls? They're all saying, amen. <laughs> That's right. Okay. Did you list them all? What'd you get? Did you get every beast of the field? Did you get that one? Did you get the wild asses? Did you get the fowls? You got cattle? You got man? You got your bird, same as fowl, but okay, listed again. Okay. You got the stork? You got the wild goats? You got the conies, the rock badgers? You got the beasts of the forest? The young lions? innumerable creeping things in the seas, the creepers in the sea. You got the Leviathan, the sea monster. You got all this down there? I mean, this is huge. And so what do all of these life have in common? They have in common Psalm 104, verse 27, where it says, these all wait upon God. They're all waiting upon God that thou mayest give them their meat in due season, that thou givest them they gather. Thou openest thine hand, they are filled with good. 
See, Psalm 104, 27 here explains that all this life, including man, they daily wait on God for his constant active uh, work of giving meat in the due season. In verse 28, Psalm 104, 28, explains that all of this life, including man, they live simply by this, this very simple truth. Thou givest them, they gather. Thou givest them, they gather. Thou openest thine hand, they are filled with good. Thou openest thine hand, they are filled with good. Whether man acknowledges or not, Every man continues to live because of the simple truth. God gives them, they gather. God opens his hand, they are filled with good. And I found in Europe, as I found in Europe, man can build very successfully, unfortunately, tragically, howlingly, man can build very successfully a life without acknowledging the simple truth that his life is sustained by God. Man can have a whole society that denies this simple truth. God giveth them, they gather. God openeth his hand, and they are filled with good. But if a man lives in a state like that, a state of denial, he will not have the essential song of life. What's the essential song of life? Psalm 104, 33, Psalm 104, 33. I will sing unto the Lord as long as I live. I will sing praise to my God while I have my, my being. That's an essential song, why? Because man, man wants to praise. Man wants to give credit to. And so only as he acknowledges God as a sustainer will he have that essential song to be able to say that. Without the essential song, man is incomplete. If a man denies God as his sustainer, he will not have the essential sweet meditation in life. He won't have the sweet, what is that? That's Psalm 104, 34, Psalm 104, 34. My meditation of him shall be sweet. Without that essential sweet meditation, man is incomplete. If a man lives in denial of God as a sustainer, he will not have that essential gladness, that essential gladness. What's that? Again, Psalm 104, 34, I will be glad in the Lord. And without that essential gladness in his heart, he's incomplete, man is incomplete. All life would die without the constant sustaining action of God, without God constantly sustaining life. The sun doesn't just rise on on its own every day. The rain which we have, it doesn't fall on its own because in Matthew 5.45, Matthew 5.45, the Lord said, your father which is in heaven, he maketh his son to rise on the evil and on the good and sendeth rain on the just and the unjust. The sun doesn't just rise on its own. God makes the sun every day. God calls sun rise. That's how it goes. Rain doesn't just fall. God says, I'm sending your rain. That's what it says in Isaiah. It's not my word like the rain. It's sent forth. It'll accomplish what he sends it for. There's no scientific explanation. There is no scientific explanation for how the very core of all atoms are held together. You know, protons are like charged. They're like the same poles of a magnet. You know how it is with a magnet. You get that magnet closer and closer. It's harder and harder to get it to come together because the closer it comes in the same polarity, the greater the force is needed to try to bring it in there. Well, protons have the same polarity and electrons have the same polarity. And there is no explanation for how they can be at such unimaginable closeness, proximity to each other and not burst apart. There's no scientific explanation for that. But there is a Bible explanation for that in Colossians 1.16, Colossians 1.16, same book that says we are complete in him, as Eric mentioned. In Colossians 1.16, for by him were all things created, both that are in heaven and that are in earth, visible and invisible, whether they be thrones or dominions or principalities or power, all things were created by him and for him, and he is before all things, and here it says, and by him 
all things consist. That means hold together. How can these atoms hold together when it takes such forth? By him, all these things are held together. Now, man is incomplete without the second birth. He's incomplete. We are in desperate need of life. You know, there was a warning that was given. It was a very clear warning in Genesis 2.17, and man called God's bluff. That was very unfortunate for us. Okay, but anyway, the warning is in Genesis 2.17, but of the tree of the knowledge and good and evil, thou shalt not eat of it, for in the day that thou eatest thereof, thou shalt surely die, and man surely did die, and we surely died with man, with Adam, when that happened. We have a great need. We have a very great need. Man has a very great need, and it's described simply in John 3, John 3, John 3, 3, when Jesus answered Nicodemus and said unto him, verily, verily, I say unto thee, except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. And Nicodemus saith unto him, how can a man be born when he is old? Can he enter the second time into his mother's womb and be born? Jesus answered, verily, verily, I say unto thee, except a man be born of water and of the spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. He can't even see it, much less enter it. That which is born of the flesh is flesh, that which is born of the spirit is spirit. Marvel not that I said unto thee, ye must be born again. He didn't say you ought to be born again. He didn't say you should be born again. He didn't say you really should look into being born again. <laughs> he didn't say you should have a discussion with somebody about being born again. He said you must. He said you must be born again. You know, because he knew man's great need. God intended man to go from dust to glory, but man sinned and man made himself go from dust to dust. And God has reversed that in the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, we have another need, and this need is described for us in Isaiah 57.20, Isaiah 57.20, where it says, but the wicked are like the troubled sea when it cannot rest. It doesn't have the ability to rest. It cannot rest. Whose waters cast up mire and dirt. There's no peace, saith my God, to the wicked. You know, this nagging feeling, something is wrong, something is wrong. You know, I don't recommend that you do this, but I did it. Anyway, I listened to some interviews of Leonard Cohen, and uh, whew, you should hear him in the latter part of his life as he talks about the depression that overtakes him, as he talks about, I feel my life is a shipwreck. It can be very funny, but you know, it's tragically funny. He says, so I looked at religion, and he said, thank God I'm not religious. That's funny. Anyway, but it's not funny, <laughs> it's a tragedy what he's saying here. But why does he feel this way? Because there's no peace, there's no peace. There's this nagging feeling, something is wrong. What do we have in the Lord Jesus Christ? We have Ephesians 2.14, Ephesians 2.14. He is our peace, he is our peace, who hath made both one, broken down the middle wall of petition. He is our peace. So man is not complete unless he has the Lord Jesus Christ as his peace. Then we have an essential need, we have a need. Man is not complete unless his soul is satisfied. His soul is satisfied. You know, there's a wonderful passage in John 7, in John 7, John 7, 37, 
where it says in that last day, that great day of the feast. Now, let me just explain to you three big feasts in Israel, the Pentecost, Passover, so this was the Feast of Tabernacles. And what they did in the Feast of Tabernacles is that they had a golden container and they went down to the pool of Siloam, they got water in it, and then they walked around the temple seven times. And then as a final climax, they brought the golden container full of the water of Siloam after they walked around the temple seven times and they poured it on the altar. And everybody is like, oh, you know, this is like a festival of water. Uh, and of course, that calls back to the time when the Jewish people were in the desert with no water and the water came out of the rock. Miraculous, so it was a wonderful thing. And so what happened is that right at that time, when they were pouring the water out there, it says there, in this last day, that great day of the feast, and by the way, the Feast of Tabernacle was the greatest of celebrations compared to Passover and the Pentecost. So it says, in that great day of the feast, Jesus stood, and I want you to picture this. He's standing there as they pouring the water onto the altar. Jesus stood and cried. It's like a scandal. He's crying. But what is he saying? If any man thirst, let him come unto me and drink. He that believeth on me, as the scripture has said, out of his belly shall flow rivers of living water. He's saying that there'll be like a rock, but water will come out. But this he spake of the Spirit, which they that believe on him should receive, for the Holy Ghost was not yet given because that Jesus was not yet glorified. So the point here is that man is incomplete without this soul, soul drinking, the soul satisfaction of having the thirst in the soul quenched can only come from him. Let him, four things. You gotta thirst. If you don't thirst, you don't come. If you don't thirst, there's nothing. If you just wanna discuss or something, there's no remedy. If any man thirst, if any man, this is universal, that whosoever believeth on him, if any man, no one is disqualified except for the person who doesn't thirst. If a person doesn't thirst, he's disqualified. He can't come. He said, if any man thirst, thirst, let him come, let him come, and then let him drink, and then out of his belly will flow rivers of living water. There's the four things there, okay? Thirst, come, drink, give out, out of his belly, rivers of living water. You all know about the Dead Sea. Dead Sea is the lowest part on the earth down there, dropped down there from Jerusalem by Angedi, and it has beautiful, wonderful water from the Jordan River that flows into it, and it doesn't go anywhere, and it is salt, so salty, you float on it, you don't ever touch your eyes if you ever do that. You'll remember that. But um, it's a very, very, nothing's there. Nothing is growing there. It's a dead sea. That's a totally dead sea. Why? Because it doesn't flow out. It just collects, collects, collects. You know, if you and I, if we just sit in church like this, you know, we can become dead seas. You know, all the great water's coming in here, but I'm not talking to anybody. I'm not giving out. No, I don't want to bother anybody. You become dead in yourself, dead in your soul. You want life? You want to feel like you're really alive? Give, give. Let it out. Don't become like the dead sea. So those are the four things. You must thirst. You must then come, you must then drink, and you must give out what you have drunk and let the Holy Spirit be the fountain of rivers of living water that flow out from you. And then he said also in the similar vein, in John 6:35, Jesus said unto them, I am the bread of life. He that cometh to me shall never hunger, and he that believeth on me shall never thirst. We're talking, what do you mean hunger? We're talking about soul thirst. We're talking about soul hunger. He says, if you come to me, you'll never experience soul hunger, you'll never experience soul thirst. Man is incomplete unless he has his soul thirst and his soul hunger satisfied. 
And of course man is incomplete without eternal life. We already talked about that verse where in John 10, 10, where he speaks about he came that he might have life and they might have it more abundantly. The next verse, John 10, 11 says, I am the good shepherd that gives his life for the sheep. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. He gave him, he died for, that whosoever should not perish but have everlasting life. This is life eternal. We already talked about this, John 17, 3. John 17, 3, this is life eternal, that they might know thee, the only true God, and Jesus Christ whom thou hast sent. They might know God the Father and his love for them. They might know Jesus Christ who died for them as their savior, and then they have eternal life. God wants to change the destiny of people from hell to heaven. Standing in the line at the airport, and he wants to come up, says, let me see your boarding pass. And he takes it there, he says, okay, I'll be right back. And he comes back, he says, well, I tore yours up, here's another one, you're going to heaven. Your old one said hell. And so that's what God wants to do. And man is incomplete. Man is incomplete without this eternal life. Why? Because God has made man incomplete without eternal life. It says in Ecclesiastes 3.11, Ecclesiastes 3.11, that God has made everything beautiful in his time. And then it says, and he set the world in their heart. The world is not the best uh, word for translating olam, olam. He set olam in their hearts. What's olam? Well, we always used to sing in temple, adon olam, adon olam, God eternal, God infinite, God eternal, God eternal, God eternal. So he set eternity in their hearts. He set that in their hearts. Man knows, I'm gonna go on forever. He knows that. Why? Because God has set that within him. He worries about that. It nags him. It doesn't give him any peace. You don't see a dog, you know, sitting around saying, oh boy, I gotta go to a psychiatrist. I've got to get ulcers here. I'm so worried. I don't know if I'm going to heaven or not. I don't know what's gonna, you know, animals don't do that because it's God has set eternity in the heart of man. Man does that. Why? Because this is the naggingness that God has put there. You know, God says, okay, I'm leaving, but I'm gonna leave back an alarm clock, and the alarm clock's gonna keep on going off in you, and it's gonna keep on bothering you, and you gotta address it. You gotta come to me. And a person is either plagued or comforted with the sense of eternity in his heart. When we come to know the Lord Jesus Christ, we are comforted with the sense of eternity in our heart. We look at the grave, and we say, okay, and we say, you know, don't cry for me, Argentina. You know, in other words, you know, I'm gonna go in this grave, but that's okay, because I'm coming out because there's a resurrection coming, and I'm gonna be for eternity in heaven. And so that's a comfort to us, the fact that we have this eternity in our heart, we think about eternity, but for a person who doesn't have eternal life, that's a plague, that's a plague. That's a very disturbing, disturbing feature. Now, I'm gonna just say this, that um, this is not even the tip of the iceberg of why we are complete in him. These are just some points that we could go on, talk about protection, talk about comfort and pain, et cetera, et cetera. But all of these come together, all of these come together in Colossians 2.9, Colossians 2.9, Colossians 2.9 through 10, where it says, for in him, the Lord Jesus Christ, for in the Lord Jesus Christ dwelleth all the fullness of the Godhead bodily, and ye are complete in him, which is the head of all principality and power. Those are great, great words. Ye are complete in him. We look at ourselves and we look at ourselves and we say, oh, there's so much that I lack. Yes, but you're complete in him. And that's what this is saying here. Now, tonight, what we've done is we just looked at a few of the areas in which man is incomplete without God, without the Lord Jesus Christ. And of course, this means that when we're in the Lord Jesus Christ, this means we are complete in these areas. So let's thank God for that. Let's not be like the Dead Sea. Let's determine 
to go out and give, give to the lost. Don't forget, people suffer in their incompleteness. They can put on a really good face, but inside is a different story. And so let's, let's have compassion, let's have pity, let's not be judgmental, let's not do the three Ds, dead, damned, and delivered to people, let's not do that, and let's be compassionate as we seek for them to have the completeness that we have in the Lord Jesus Christ. Let's pray. Father, thank you so much for that you have made us complete in him. Oh, blessed thought. In Jesus' name, amen. Another wonderful day studying the Bible with our Bible teacher, Tom Cantor, here on Friendship with God. Don't forget that today's message and previous messages can be listened to and downloaded for free at friendshipwithgod.org, friendshipwithgod.org. You can also go online to find free resources from Tom Cantor and our online bookstore at friendshipwithgod.org. You can also find Tom Cantor on Facebook, and you can also go to friendshipwithgod.org and sign up for his daily devotional. Tom Cantor is also the founder of Israel Restoration Ministries. You can visit that website at israelrestorationministries.org. You can write to Tom Cantor at P.O. Box 711330, P.O. Box 711330, Santee, California. Santee, California, 92071. Or email Tom Cantor at tomcantor at friendshipwithgod.org. Tom Cantor at friendshipwithgod.org. Or for more information about Tom Cantor and Friendship with God and Israel Restoration Ministries, call us at 800 247 3051. What are you doing Sunday nights? Come join Friendship with God radio Bible teacher Tom Cantor of the Friendship with God Fellowship Church every Sunday night at 5.30 p.m. at The Vine at 9336 Abraham Way, Santee, California. Watch and listen live around the world to Tom Cantor Sunday evening on YouTube.com by searching for Friendship with God Fellowship or by going to our homepage at friendshipwithgod.org. That's friendshipwithgod.org.